Coming up on The Potter's Touch. You're a jailhouse wrecker. You're a mountain mover. You're a giant killer. You're anointed to slay the enemy. And that's why the devil's been fighting you all of your life because the devil knew that if you ever got loose, he'd kill your brothers, he'd kill your friends, he'd kill your family, he'd kill your neighborhood, but he was looking for you. Touch somebody and say, but I'm still here. The Holy Ghost said, enough is enough. I'm going to break every curse and every spell that's ever come against your house. Who am I preaching to this morning? It is Pastor Cora Jakes Coleman and you are watching The Potter's Touch. I just know that you are going through something that you need a word from my father that is going to change how you see and how you feel about what's going on. And that is what we're bringing to you today. So sit tight and watch. Help is on the way. I don't know whether you can relate to this or not, but most of the time in my life, if I didn't obey God quickly, God would send persecution to shake me out of my, my tendency that I have. I, you see, I'm a loyalist. I'm a loyalist. I'm very, very loyal. If I ever connect to you, I'm connected to you. If I'm your friend, I'm your friend. I mean, you my brother. You through thick and thin, come hell and high water, no canoe, no rowboat, and no swimming trunks. I'm still in the water with you, trying to get you out. I will hang in there. And people like that are very vulnerable to becoming stoic and stayed and committed to a dead thing that doesn't work and sometimes God has to send persecution to shake you out of something so that you can go on to what God has for you persecution arose in Jerusalem and there was a great shaking but you must understand that every shaking is not bad many shakings are good many times we receive a direction through persecution Many times the, the people who persecute us without them even knowing it are the agents of the Lord. God uses the persecution that they sent against us to direct us into his next move. Philip is, is a, he slipped into the city of Samaria. No, no brigade, no, no military a brigade, no, no blowing of trumpets. He has slipped into Samaria. A man driven by his own personal persecutions into the destiny of God. This is how ministry works. See, many of you sit in the pews and you see us when we come, but you don't know why we came we don't know you don't know that the force with which we preach is often eradicated by the opposition that drove us to you you don't you don't know that we went through hell to get to you you think we're preaching with fire just because we want you delivered but really it was the blast of the furnace that pushed us out that made us have to come out here <laughs> so Philip Philip went down to Samaria. Now let's talk a little bit about Samaria. You understand that there was paganism and ritualism uh, going on in the city. Jesus alludes to it in the Gospel of St. John when he paints a picture of this Samaritan woman who comes down at the well. Uh, she's had five husbands and, 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 and a, 
a, a situation that's going on in her life. She has an infusion of religion mixed with an infusion of perversion and it's all stirred up and tangled up together. And God used this woman uh, to say, come see a man. And, and they did come because of this woman for a while, but they slipped back into paganistic behavior. And Simon the sorcerer had taken over the city. Little did Simon know that deliverance was coming. Simon thought he owned Samaria. He thought he had it up under control. He had his demons and his imps controlling the city of Samaria. Little did Simon know that there was a revolution that had started in somebody's basement, somebody's living room, had broken out in some inobvious, inept location. You know, God will start a fire in a trash can and burn down the whole house. It don't matter where you start. You can start in a little storefront shanty. It don't matter where you start, baby. It matters where you finish. God lit a fire in Philip's heart. And when he got down into Samaria, he started to preaching. And there was a change. Because a real anointed man, just, just one, <laughs> not, not 20, not 30, not 40, just one. If I had time, oh God, if I had time, I'd show you that every mighty move of God that ever happened in the Bible, it never started with a committee. It always started with one man. One man would turn a city upside down. When God got ready to create all of humanity, he created one man. When God got ready to create a woman, he created one man and pulled the woman out of the man pull the family out of the woman and pull the civilization out of the family because God always starts with one. When God gets ready to deliver the children of Israel, he uses one man named Moses who says go down there and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. When God gets ready to feed the Israelite people, he uses one man named Joseph and says if I can get Joseph out, Joseph will deliver everybody else out. When God gets ready to restore Jerusalem he uses one man named Nehemiah to bring about deliverance in the city. When God gets ready to prophesy his return, he uses one man, an eagle-eyed prophet named Isaiah. When God gets ready to let Jerusalem know his heart is broken, he uses one man named Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. He falls and sin for the women of mourning and let them take him away and slap somebody and tell them it only takes one good man. One can chase a thousand and two ten thousand. If you get one, it'll revolutionize your city. The devil is so afraid of one man that when he knows one man is coming, he'll send out all of his abortionists trying to kill every male child in the city. He's not after the masses, he's after one man. But he's willing to kill countless male children trying to find that one man because the devil knows that if you ever get loose, everything connected to you is going to get loose too. You're a jailhouse wrecker. You're a mountain mover. You're a giant killer. You're anointed to slay the enemy. And that's why the devil's been fighting you all of your life because the devil knew that if you ever got loose, he'd kill your brothers. He'd kill your friends. He'd kill your family. He'd kill your neighborhood. But he was looking for you. Touch somebody and say, but I'm still here. (laughs) 
Then Philip went down to Samaria and he preached the gospel and he started casting out devils and the blind began to receive their sight and the lame began to walk. Chains began to fall off and there was great joy in the city. There is no joy like the kind of joy you have when you got a breakthrough in your life and you see deliverance. I know we are criticized for the way that we worship. I know it gives some trouble to, to, to some people because they think we are clamorous and boisterous and uncouth and unnecessary and they don't think that it, it is appropriate for intelligent people to, to act so flamboyant and so flagrant in their style of praising God. But I say to them, if you saw where God brought me from, you would praise him too. If you knew how my house was on fire and the enemy was trying to destroy me and I barely escaped. I mean, I burned my socks leaping out of the window, but I made it by the grace of God. Excuse me if I dance in my front yard and shout in my living room because I can still smell the smoke of what almost happened in my life. And when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all. Uh, yes. And there was great joy in the city. There was joy in the city. There was celebration. There ought to be joy in your city. Tell somebody, tell them I got joy in my city. I've been in a drought. I've been in a dry place, but I got joy in my city. I'm starting to get a feeling that everything is going to be all right. It's, it may not be all right right now, but I'm starting to get a little optimistic that I will survive. Maybe it won't kill me. Maybe I'm coming out of this all right, and there's great joy. I earned the right to have this joy. I ought to dance at least as long as I cried. I ought to celebrate as long as I suffered. How dare you sit there and roll your eyes and pass notes when you see me get a breakthrough. You weren't there when I was in Hell's Kitchen coming out with smoke in my car. Here lies the contemporary problem that we face in our society that is reflected by what occurs in Samaria. They have great joy, like we have great joy. They have great services, like we have great services. They have great praise, like we have great praise. They have great exuberance, like we have great exuberance. But the real enemy rages on. Isn't it amazing how you can dance and shout and still go home to hell? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it, if you think about it closely, most people stop at this point in the deliverance. They, they have great joy, and what they really did was switch addictions. They went from being addicted to drugs to being addicted to church. They go to church to get high. They go to church, and whoever can preach them the highest and get them the happiest, just numb me till I forget about the hell that I'm going through. And I just want to get a good feeling, titillate my senses and my emotions. And, and sometimes, we're satisfied to have great joy but there's a new breed of Christian coming up we don't want to be entertained we want to be edified we don't want to be excited we want to be delivered there's a new breed of Christian who wakes up in the morning with their Bible in their hands and say devilish means war come hell or high water I'm going to huff and puff till I blow this thing down if I don't get it on the first Sunday I'm coming back on the second if I don't get it in the first month I'm coming back on the second month but I refuse to live with my daddy's devil operating in my life the devil is a lie I'm coming out 
These are the people who drag their children to the house of God. Single mamas with babies on each arm and one in her lap, pressing to the house of God, trying to raise up a child in the way that they should go, saying, I want you to grow up so that you don't have to go through what I went through to get a breakthrough. I want you to know who Jesus is. I want you to know what he's able to do. I want you to know that there is an anointing that destroys the yoke. These are often women who are struggling themselves, going through hell themselves, but dragging their children, dragging their sons and daughters into the house of God. These are men who finally woke up and recognized that having more women don't make you more man. And now they're bringing their sons into the house of God because they're hungry for deliverance. Listen, the world's next doctors, teachers, and pastors, presidents, rest in the hearts of our children. Through proper education, they can have the necessary tools to reach their destiny. By connecting with GPS, you can help young people around the world receive school supplies, uniforms, and computer training. Visit tdjpartners.org so together we can fulfill God's mandate to be His hand and provide compassion to others. order to be and reach your full potential in order to become all that God would have you to become that many many times God raises you to crush you now I want you to see why Jesus did not compare himself with apples or peaches or plums but he lifted up the wine and said this is me Simon the sorcerer controlled the region. Everything was up under his auspices or control. These are what the Bible calls principalities. They're magistrates, they're demonic magistrates who serve over entire regions or councils. And they say, I've got the whole city tied up. They say, you can't do that in Atlanta. Don't try that in Philadelphia. Don't try it in New York. These principalities set up dominions over regions. And you'll notice when you go into certain regions, there are certain spirits that are more prevalent in certain cities. Mm, yeah, certain cities are controlled by homosexual spirits and, and uh, other cities are controlled by gambling spirits. And certain cities are controlled by spirits of indifference. They have religious spirits and, and they set up regional dominions and territories and control and you can't really be free until you come against that demonic influence over the region. Look at somebody and say, we got to get the whole thing out. Let me remind you that when Jesus came to the tomb of Gadarenes and found a man possessed with the devil and the Bible said that they got ready to cast the devils out. Listen to what the demons said. They said, suffer us not to leave the region. We don't mind leaving the man, but we don't want to leave the territory because we got something going on in this territory and we want to hold this territory down. And so they said, we don't care if you put us in pigs as long as we don't leave the region. Now let's go deeper. Can I preach this thing? 
what I want you to understand is that Satan has a highly organized operation against you. That demons are not disorganized and they are not chaotic. When they come against you, they come in order. They come, the Bible said when Jesus got ready to cast the demons out, said, what is your name? The demon said, we are legions. Legions means we are regimented. We are organized. We march together. You must understand this, that when Satan marches, he marches in a spirit of unity. I would remind you that when they accused Jesus of casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub, he said, oh no, Satan has a kingdom and Satan's kingdom is not divided. For a house divided against itself shall not stand. I would also remind you that from Genesis to Revelations, you will never see a demon fighting with another demon. You will never see a principality fighting with another principality. From Genesis to Revelations, you will never see a witch fighting against another witch. It's only when you look at church folk that you see preachers fighting against preachers and churches fighting against churches and Baptists fighting against Methodists and Methodists fighting against principles. It's because we don't understand order. Oh, 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 order. We got to get some order in the house of God. We got to get rid of every chaotic, wild spirit that's out of control because disorder is a work of the enemy. God is not the author of confusion. Let everything be done decently and in order. Such three people say order in the house, order in the house, order. Get your rebellious hips out. We got to have order in this house. Whether the house is a church or whether the house is a house you live in, there has to come a point that you tell little Junior, if you're going to stay in this house, you got to get yourself to get. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can I go deeper? Not only is the enemy after regions, he's after houses. When I say the enemy's after houses, I don't mean that he's just after your address. He's after everything born out of your loins. When the enemy sends a curse, he either sends it to a city or he sends it to a house. The house of David, the house of Issachar, the house of the Johnsons, the house of the Jakeses, the house of the Longs, the house of the Wilsons. That's why you see certain spirits that run through certain houses. If you will look at your family tree closely, you will find that you are still fighting your grandmama's devil, your mama's devil. Grandma got a divorce. Your mama got a divorce. All of your sisters got a divorce. And now your marriage is coming unglued. It's a spirit. Slap somebody and tell them it's a spirit. It's not about him having an affair. It's about a spirit that's come against your house. It's not about you making more money than him. It's a spirit that has come against your house. That's why you ought to be careful whose house you marry into. Because some of you married into some spirits. You was happy till you got in that family. Now all hell is breaking loose. Because you married into a curse that was on that house. Your children come up with something that you ain't never thought of doing before. But somebody in your husband's family knows what's going on because you tied your children into a system that you don't even understand. Now you got to deal with a Johnson demon, a Jackson demon, a Richardson demon. You don't even know how to minister to the child because ain't nobody in your house ever come up with no mess like this. But some kind of way you tied them into a... Lord have mercy. Who am I preaching to in here today? 
I, I, I want to cite some examples so you can understand clearly. Rebecca was a trickster and a con artist. She was a racketeer. She was a deceitful woman. She lied and connived with her own husband, manipulating her own children. Her, her uncle Laban was a trickster, a con artist, a liar, and a whoremonger. Her son Jacob was a trickster and a supplanter and a con man and a rouseabout because when the demons get in the family it says suffer us not to leave the region I want to remind you of David dysfunctional from Jesse on down ostracized by his father David comes up yes he was anointed but he was dysfunctional he was a whoremonger he had a lust spirit he had a demon that he couldn't get rid of it came in through the rejection of his father and the enemy saw a door open it planted a seed in his life David had such a lust problem that when he was an old man they threw a young woman in the bed and when he didn't touch her they said the king is dead no wonder then that his son Absalom was deceitful and treacherous and Amnon raped his daughter Tamar and Solomon had so many strange women that he lost control of the kingdom because there was a spirit in the house oh I can't just spend time talking about Jacob and talking about David what is this mess going on in your house your daughter acting crazy coming up with stuff at 13 that you didn't run into until you were 25 but that spirit is getting desperate cause you're getting in the house of God and the devil is saying if I don't get her quickly I'm afraid that the Holy Ghost is going to run me out of town I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning but the Lord sent me into this city and I'm after a demon I'm not going to stop till I get it I'm going to preach till everything in here begins to shake I'm going to give you the number Slap somebody and tell them I gotta get rid of it. And the Bible says that when Philip got down into Samaria, he began to preach with such power and such deliverance that God got the stronghold and began to bring it down. Touch somebody and tell them it can be broken. It will be broken. It must be broken. Almost like the sound of a cannon exploding. The sound of a pistol going on. The Holy Ghost said enough is enough. I'm going to break every curse and every spell that's ever come against your house. Who am I preaching to this morning? came all the way from Dallas to tell somebody you've been shouting about something and while you've been shouting about it you've been going through hell trouble on the right side trouble on the left side before you can get two steps forward something knocks you four steps back and you've had great joy but you haven't had a breakthrough but the Lord sent me to Atlanta to tell you that before this service is over God is going to break the spell out of your life I feel the anointing of God in this place slap three people and tell them it will be broken 
it will be broken. It will be broken. It will be broken. This will not pass to my daughter. This will not pass to my son. This will not pass to my children. The devil is a lie. I declare right now in the name of Jesus, the spell is going to be broken. This spirit of poverty that has cursed my generations, I come against it now. In the name of Jesus, I was broke. My parents were broke. Their parents were broke. It's a ghetto spirit, but I'm going to cast it out. Somebody shake yourself loose. Spirits of death, spirits of hopelessness, spirits of despair, spirits of confusion, it will shake loose. Enough is enough. It's time for deliverance. Spirits of perversion, doing stuff in the middle of the night, don't even like what you're doing, but you can't stop it, and you can't break it, and the devil's been laughing, saying, I got her where I want her. notice out of the word of God say that I cast you out I cast you out of every house every circumstance every situation somebody holler get out get out get out lay hands on your daughter lay hands on your son and cast the devil out the spirit of the Lord God is upon me now Jesus, get out of this house. Somebody shout it. I hope you feel as challenged as I do by what my father has said today. The word of God is designed to stretch your faith. If you are inspired to trust God more and take action after hearing this message, then the word of God is doing its job. I pray that you accept the challenge and make a move of faith like you have never done before. Remember, you are one act of faith away from stepping into your destiny. Today, we are asking for your support by becoming a Global Partner System member. GPS partners commit to supporting this broadcast and humanitarian efforts. We conduct around the world, and we know that people that bless God's work become blessed themselves. Partners also receive special gifts and discounts and exclusive opportunities to connect with us. Join us today by texting the letters GPS and any given amount to 28950. You can also visit us online at tdjpartners.org. Shred your strongholds today with Forever Free. The devil knows that if you ever get loose, everything connected to you is going to get loose too. For your gift to the ministry of any amount, you will receive Bishop Jake's liberating series Forever Free on four CDs and this bonus free Indeed bookmark. How do we learn to manage what is managing us before it destroys us? And when your gift is $110 or more, we will add this cool summer tote bag, 365-day devotional, healing, blessings, and freedom, as well as Bishop's book, Let It Go. It's not that God is getting closer to us, it's that we are coming closer to Him. And the closer you get to Him, 
you will feel a shift. God desires for you to live forever free. Power over your depression. Power over your fear. Power over your pain. Power over your bondage. If in Canada, visit us online or call to order your digital downloads today. Do you need a vacation? I got just the thing. We're cruising. We're cruising. Get ready. We're going to have a good time. And we're going to be blessed. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for a getaway. Come set sail with me and my family. Feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. We look forward to seeing you next time on The Potter's Dungeon.